You're listening to Zeros on Heroes with Mike Mercadal and Will Watkins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Zeros on Heroes. I am Mike Mercadal, and with me, as always, is Will, Will Watkins. Will motherfucking Watkins. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, welcome back to Zeros on Heroes. Uh, thank you all for listening, and um, uh, uh, it's good It's good to to be back. We haven't done one of these in a minute, so we're going to yeah, be... Man. We're going to be cranking them out a little bit guys. more. Totally miss you guys. Oh, miss you. Shout and, out to Howard uh, Kamrick. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the only person that's going to get it is Howard Kamrick. Uh, we also have a special guest with us, New York comedian and uh, and producer of your own show at Decree. Yeah, yeah. I Mark my Reese, show. everybody. Thank you. Hey, hello. I'm uh, pretty happy to be here. The, yeah. I was not expecting to be invited to do a podcast this evening, but you know, <laughs> you put one angry post on Facebook, all of a sudden you get booked on shit. So... <laughs> That's all that happened. That's all yeah, you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, like years later, it's like, what was, what was, Mark? What were your keys to success? Well, I was real pissed off one day. <laughs> on social media. Well, it was back when we had a government and <laughs> Trump had just been elected. And <laughs> gather round, children. And you know Let what? Tell you. The world needed a hero. So. <laughs> I just imagine. Let me tell you a tale of the United States of America. Like what? what? No. no. Holy shit, man! It's crazy. Uh, but Mark, yeah, welcome. You, Thank you. you picked a, a great hero. Uh, we're going to talk about him later, but a great hero. But also, you got a show at the Creek in the Cave that you do called... Uh, yes, I, I do my own... Thematically fitting title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called uh, Slaughterhouse Live, and uh, it's a show where the audience gets to choose when the audi- uh, when the comics are done performing. Uh, everyone in the... <laughs> Everyone in the audience. By politely raising their hand, I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, this is a, basically the gong show, but polite. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're holding up paddles like it's an like it's an old timey auction. Where no, it's no. Like, yeah, I'm bidding on this art piece. And- no, it's more like everyone gets a little uh, plastic candle, and when they're watching the comic and they don't like it, they just politely say, "Okay, time to get the fuck off." It's, <laughs> it's that, the no, get the fuck off box, but silent. Yeah. You know? So there's just a lot of lights flow. Is that really how it is? Oh yeah, more or less. I with, mean, with the light. Uh, well, the light. Well, everyone in the audience will you know hold up a light. And then ultimately, you know, I'm God in this scenario. I, I decide if someone finally dies, and so I'll um, you <laughs> know give great. I'll give a cue and like, uh, you, the Roman Emperor. Like. Oh yeah, it's so thematic. Like uh, the lights cut out, they get bathed in like a red spot. Like there's yeah. a sound effect. You know, usually it's the Price is Right. You know, uh, do 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 do. Wow. Well. Oh, that's my favorite <laughs> yeah, sad yeah. noise. The the you know, someone, oh, that's was, my favorite. someone was yeah. really playing around on trombone that one evening, yeah. and they're yeah. like, "This is gold." Yeah, it's like, uh, what is more powerful than a perfectly timed slide whistle? Like oh, nothing, man. nothing. You know, what's a great noise is the the noise when Mario dies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or even when Mario goes down the tube, like the the that whole soundboard from like the first three games is just so iconic. You know everything, yeah. So yeah, one of the things I love about Mark is it's like one of my favorite credits he has is that he performed at the boot and saddle and uh and uh in the west village because like growing up in florida i went to so many drag shows and it was like like the way well, that yeah, like yeah. Well, let me, I was well, let me set it, it up real quick because you just kind of jumped yeah, I, you I, totally i'm sure, skipped. I'm sure a oh, lot of I'm people have people. no idea what the fuck you're talking what? about they yeah. Don't? yeah oh yeah Honey. no they, they I, i'll tell you oh, because mark you are a drag performer here in the city yeah yeah i mean i i, I use that term very liberally because <laughs> you know I, i'm i'm a freak in that fucking community like i'm, I'm just weird and i'm, I'm just, i've only been doing it for about a you're year you're a freak in that community wow <laughs> here yeah, we go no, such but, a progressive statement i would say <laughs> 
what yeah, is you know, I, I, somehow i find a way to be like the one alienating character in any room you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the look is funny yeah. uh what is <laughs> What is your? This is my one of my favorite things because uh, I've been to, I've been to drag shows also, and my favorite thing is the drag names. Yes, yeah, they're very always so very catty. great. Yeah. What is great. your drag? Mine is a uh, hell of a bottom Carter. Hell just yes! com- of a bottom Carter, keeping completely in line with this whole goth aesthetic. <laughs> I just seem to be rocking so constantly. Good. You know, I might be wearing all black constantly, but I don't even think it's goth. I think it's more chic. Yeah, than anything, you know, he's a hot topic drag queen. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. God. Uh, you're about to get you're about to get something thrown at you. Oh, yeah, uh, the the hatred I have for that place. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Do you, but uh, but yeah, hell of a bottom card is one of my favorite. Is there a rule to the names, or does, is that no? Something? You can name whatever the, whatever the fuck you want. By the it's end all, of the show, you're going to clownery, give, guy. It's, it's clownery. It's fucking clownery. That's clownery. all. It is. It's the pageantry, I, I do oh, love. Clownery is such a great word. Oh yeah, yeah. Clownery. clownery. I, I, I say, look, I'm gonna start using it. It's in my lexicon now. Clownery. And uh, <laughs> let's let's be honest here, you guys fellow stand-up comedians our shit is clownery okay we we may not be dressing up all the time that is literally the only difference between those two worlds is like how much you put into your fucking look all right everyone's doing shtick for god's sake yeah it's so everyone's just trying look, to, yeah i get it there's times where i'm like i am I am a fucking clown up here right now. Like when it, the worst was when we were back home in Florida when I'd be doing like a Central Florida gig. Yeah. And it was literally like tap dancing for these guys where I'm just like, I'm giving them what they want because I need to live after this uh, show. One of my, oh man, it has to do with drag queens, but like one of my favorite <laughs> moments of comedy, I did a drag show with this uh, guy named Nandu. I don't know if you ever met him, but like literally it was going to be like he was going to do stand up. There's going to be a drag queen and then me. And Nan gets on stage. He does like he's supposed to do five minutes. He does like two minutes of stand up, and he bombs horribly. So he just starts break dancing. Yeah. And then like everybody starts putting like dollar bills in his cargo shorts and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's what they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. They just absolutely. wanted dancing. I I learned that shit really the hard way because you know again I've been doing stand up way longer than I've been doing drag. If, uh-huh. if you're not counting when I experimented when I was six, I mean I've been doing stand up <laughs> way longer. But I when I did. Uh, the thing of boots and saddles, which was the uh, Miss Lady Liberty contest, I I learned the hard way. Y- you don't want to do a Weird Al song at that crowd, you know. You that did is, one. Which you one? Did which one did you do? Oh Amish fuck Paradise. yeah! Tell me it was Amish Paradise. No, 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 no. It was no. this uh really manic uh polka medley from like the late nineties. Yes. Like, it's songs. alternative polka. Yeah, really it from is. The, I think it's from the Amish Paradise album though. Oh, yeah, it? it was. I believe it was, from, it was uh, from, Running uh, with Scissors. Running, yeah, yeah, oh, with, the the scissors? with the hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it like Black Hole Sun was on it or something like that? Or? Like, yeah. Actually, um, you know, Walking on the Sun, there was um, Quicker Than a Ray of Light by Madonna. Yeah, there I know was, the one you're talking about. There was yeah, a Spice Girl song. It's, a oompa, um, it's an Oompa song. It's a oompa, oh, it's a totally Oompa, oompa song. Poka, like, poka, poka. It's great. Yeah. But the, Weird Al's a hero. I'm surprised no one's done Weird Al on this show. Oh, we gotta get Weird Al Someone's gonna do Weird Al. As a hero? As a hero, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, he, he. Do we know anyone who plays an accordion? Uh, <laughs> Maria Wojciechowski does, I think. She oh, she was Weird Al in Sticker Treat. Man, she, she's Polish because she did it at Sticker Treat. Uh, this is all inside baseball. We gotta we gotta move along. <laughs> here. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, drag performer, hell of a bottom card is a great name. By the end of this, we will come up with drag names for ourselves, oh, uh, or oh, yeah. or Mark Mark will will bestow us with drag names. Oh. I, I am always a big fan of like Nancy Reagan. I always thought that was a. Oh. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Like what one. were the uh, alternatives? Uh, alternative names you used or you thought of? 
Uh, I, I can't remember. Oh, God, I, ra- I I wrote a list one day when I was just fucking around. Um, Hell of a Bottom Carter was on it, and so was Nancy Ray Gunn. But uh-huh. shit, I also think that was a punk venue in like Richmond, Virginia. Nancy Ray Gunn? Naked yeah. Ray Gunn. Is... No, Nancy Ray Gunn, but it was like the Ray Gunn. You know? Yeah, uh-huh. Naked yeah. Ray Gunn was, was, was a punk band. Oh, really? Washington, D.C., yeah. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, oh, God, it's so long. Um, But other drag names, I don't know. I, I can't really... Can't improvise too many off the top of my well, head. I feel well, awful. Well, but, as, uh, as the time goes on, we'll, we yeah, will. Yeah. We will. Establish. I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll find your feminine side or just what you <laughs> like to drink, and I'll name you after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> Literally, Will is like Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> ribbon. No, that's it. No, uh, not Patsy yet. Not yet. Blue not yet. Ribbon or something like that. We're gonna that. get there. We're gonna get there. Uh, but uh, we got to start off with uh, man. We got to do hero news. Oh yeah. My uh, my favorite part of motherfucker do the noise. Hero news. <laughs> that is bit. Why do you? Why did you not? Uh, oh, you just I broke just some. Why did you amateur not? Arrow. That needed a whole like he, music soundtrack and clip, and that needed to be looped his, onto itself a couple times. Yeah. Well, that's how he does it. He yeah. he always does I the hero news a little bit every time. Yeah. But he basically holds it that way. Now you, we encourage you to say or introduce hero news in your in, style. In your style, however you would do it. Uh, he did it that way. You just have to. Sh- Say hero news. And okay. Uh, you do like share. From around the world to right <laughs> your ears. Here it is on Hero News. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah you got to fucking sell it a little that bit. That might have been the best one we've had so far. So far, so yeah, good. Yeah. Man. Yeah. He, he, he oh, went with it. fuck. Hero News. But what do you got? All right. Uh, my favorite one, uh, Hero News, is Young Justice was oh, renewed yes. for season yes, three. Fuck yes. Hell yeah. For the Love right, it. I mean, the three of us are solid nerds at this table. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that that is that was a big deal because of how it happened. Yes, because it went. They put the first two seasons on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I watched them all. It was that I, I was late to that party, and I was like, "Fuck, this show is great." Were you yeah, really? Yeah. Oh man, I was late to that show. I, uh, yeah, and you, it was dope. So, and then they said that if you watched enough of it, the the guy who he was like, "Hey, heads up." By the way, if you watch it, there may be a third season. In current, you know, like they may make a third season. And I was, I, I watched it, and there was, there was, uh, kind of like pledges to people that were just going to leave it on their computers at home on yeah. loop, just on, constantly playing Young at Justice night, turn to get the volume, go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. but they, yeah. Uh, they said they, uh, it might not appear on Cartoon Network though. It might just go straight to Netflix. Which I totally they don't know believe. if that's a po- if, if that's a sure thing though. It might even go to Hulu or something like that. But like WB has said, they're going to release it somehow. They just don't know the platform right. that it's going to release. Because I mean, they have the production studio to do all this. It's just now they got to sell it to someone, and yeah. you know they have proof positive of like, okay, this is a viable uh, vehicle. Still, there is yeah. there is a demand for it. Yeah. Um. No, th- I remember that that went off very tragically. Like I, I jumped on that bandwagon when it was still rocking on um Cartoon Network, but yeah. it was in the waning days. Like they weren't showing them the new episodes anymore. No. It was just kind of like on repeat at like ten thirty at night kind of yeah. shit. Um, but I loved it. It was gr- I loved the take on the entire Silver Age yes, universe that's what yes. they were totally doing. They, I mean, and they even included stuff from like, fuck. They had like Superboy. The, what they did with Superboy was like he could only he couldn't fly. He could just jump. He, he had limited. He was like the original Superman. Yeah, that was yeah. his original conception. Um, I like how they tied that in. I like the uh, Miss Martian. I love the the, the Miss yeah. Martian and all yeah. that tr- all the her storyline with the hello she, Megan. Yeah, and hello then, Megan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's yeah, how yeah. it goes. Um, she that was great, and then so it turns out that she's like a white Martian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which they've now introduced in Supergirl. Spoiler alert: that she's right, yeah. right. She's in the Supergirl. Do you watch Supergirl? No, oh, no. I, the live action DC properties. I feel a little 
uh, ashamed to admit that I haven't really watched a whole lot of. Um, the, it's just hard, because I think Supergirl's it, the hardest one I think to really break into if you're not on board with like the sugary sweet concept that right. it is. But but no, but it's I mean, still it, good. It's still a lot it, of cool shit in it. There. It all started with apparently Superboy, which I heard nothing but really cool things about. You know, and then that begot Green Arrow, which begot you know the Flash, and then you know Heroes of Tomorrow. Supergirl. Oh, you mean like Smallville? Smallville, Smallville. Yeah, Smallville. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, Superboy. Oh. Small- I was just talking about it. It was on the brain. But Smallville oh. was on for fucking ever. Smallville just got released on uh, Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. the whole uh, the whole series. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Smallville, I remember, was like the first like two seasons were fucking great. Yeah. And then there was like the middle part was just witches. There were like Lana Lang was a witch or something <laughs> like that. And it was just unbearable. And then like the last two seasons was uh, when they introduced... Uh, like the Justice League, mm-hmm. and that's when they introduced Cyborg and and Aquaman. And I remember the, the Aquaman Flash. was from UM University yeah, of yeah. Miami, and, and then was, <laughs> that's why he wore the orange and the green. And I was like, "I'm from that's Miami." Really clever. Like, that's <laughs> fucking perfect. That's I love it when they're fucking able to like great. you know take something that's like really lame and incorporate it. And like, okay, this is how it yeah. would really be represented he in would like wear 2015. Orange and green you know? because he went to, and I was like, "Why is that? It's perfect." I, was, I, I remember watching it as a kid. I was like young, you know, and and uh, that was during the fucking Dawson's Creek era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roswell, remember I show Roswell? Yeah, that was during that. a little bit. Yeah, it was the with the aliens and whatever. And because I of a uh, because of small, like he was referring to, like there was a, they introduced Green Arrow in there, and he was like their makeshift Batman because they didn't want to introduce Batman because they yeah. had Batman Begins and everything. Exactly. And so they introduced him, and and then that's when they decided to do like. It was originally gonna be a spinoff that was gonna turn into the Green Arrow, but then they're like just recast everything there. Stephen Amell and all that. Your buddy, your buddy Stephen. Yeah, I got to work. I got to Steve. hang out with him one day. Oh yeah, Steve. I, I worked. On, Stevie, I how, how did that go? How did you? How did your hero Stevie play he in was, the picture? How did you he, meet? I worked on uh, Ninja Turtles two. I was, okay. was stand in. I did stand in work. You know. Oh man. Because uh, they needed someone. Someone that had a beard, and uh, you know the guy who plays Rocksteady was a wrestler. That makes that, total that sense, especially if, especially if they're filming this in Florida. No, yeah, that makes total- New York. This oh, New fuck. York. When the hell was this? This is last year or year yeah, before yeah. or something. Oh, wow. I remember. It was, it, was, uh, it was probably last year. Yeah. Um, and uh, I got to do standing work, but it was one of the scenes with Casey Jones in it. So they were. Sh- there was a lot of trouble the day that I was there. I, I can't speak for the whole production, but there was a lot of like, it, was, it felt weird. And then so uh, we were doing like a prison transfer scene where they're like transferring the shredder. So I had to do stand in work for Stephen Amell too. So we'd swap in and out. And then I would always, and I would give him like a, like a, hey, what's up, Art? Excuse me or whatever. Right. And then uh, my friend, Nary, a uh, friend of ours, yeah. um, his son, he named him Oliver after Oliver, uh, Queen. Oliver Queen. Oh, wow. And he has a green, he has tattoos everywhere, but he has a, like an Oliver tattoo with the green arrow. Oh, shit. Bow and all that stuff. And he did, you know, so I, I, I said, hey, send me pictures. Yeah, and I was just want. I'm like, he was having a rough day or whatever, and I'm like, hey, I, I'm leaving now, but I just want to, you know, Mr. Mel, I want to show you this. Mm-hmm. My my friend and his son, he's named him Oliver, and he's like, oh, that's so cool. Like I brightened his day. I felt really cool about it. And then he took a selfie with me, and he was like in the nicest dude in, in like a weird position to be in because I guess the movie was like the production was a rough. He was having a rough day, but super chill guy. Right, right. And, and if super down. He's Canadian, so he's like <laughs> default setting is nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think he's just gonna be a rough neck for no reason. Yeah, you know, if he gets recognized and you know someone like shows appreciation for him on some kind of level. Yeah, or, yeah he was know. he was down and. He, and and I have a feel, he really loves that show. He loves. Oh, Arrow? I, I think he really loves being on uh, being so that guy. Did you see the uh, there was an episode recently where uh, Mad Dog is one of the new characters and he yeah. wears like a hockey mask and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sportsmaster. Uh, no, 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 not Sportsmaster. I know, but it looks exactly like a little him. bit. I mean, there's a character in the comic books called Mad Dog. And yeah, he has yeah. guns and stuff, but uh, he wears a hockey mask. And so uh, there's a scene where they're all in an elevator together, and uh, one of the characters goes. 
wearing a hockey mask? How stupid is that? And uh, the arrow goes, uh, I don't know, I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> and it was like a good like shout out to him being Casey Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah uh, all right. That's nice. That's what else really we cool. got? Uh, here oh, Hero News is uh, uh, X Men movies. Uh, I'm sure you know, like all the contracts have expired. expired. Yeah, uh, hey, expired. Hey, for Jennifer Lawrence, for uh, uh, what's his name, uh, McAvoy, James McAvoy, and for uh, please Magneto. Fuck, my brain's dead. Ian McKellen. No, no, the young. Oh, one. Michael Fassbender. Michael there Fassbender. we go. They've all expired, so they're trying to figure. They're trying to like renegotiate to get them in for more people. Which I hope. I personally hope they don't get Jennifer Lawrence again because Mystique should not be a high-profile member of the X Men. No, she was a B-list <laughs> villain in the X Men. I don't know why they're making her the star of the X Men series. That's sexist. All right, they, uh, <laughs> they, they can bring back the sports master. Like, oh yeah, retro <laughs> shit. And, oh, female Mystique. Uh, even though, no, even but, though she did such a horrible fairness, job in the first movie. Yeah, in all fairness, it was it was not the best. I think that 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 whole franchise could do with a with a sweeping out of old. Yeah, so what they no, could really do a Disneyfication where they get incorporated into the whole, yeah. you know, you know, Marvel universe there. So then, yeah. they, you know, they can, you know, Deadpool really can interact with them in the next movie. So that's that's the thing is they're actually thinking about because the last movie took place in the nineties. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about maybe shooting it forward so it could take place take place present day again. But they're thinking about making it the Dark Phoenix saga to do it correctly. Versus what uh, fucking Brett Ratner did in X three. Yep. Mm. Instead of like Jean Grey's like my moody, it's like this Where would it's be actually cosmic. The legit like X Men Dark Phoenix saga. Oh shit! Because my dream is to have the Avengers versus X Men story arc that they had for the comic books. Yeah, that is better than any Infinity War bullshit that they could do if they could bring X-Men and the Avengers to fight with the because they basically the Phoenix Force takes over yeah. a bunch of the different people in the X-Men mm-hmm. uh, like Colossus at one point oh yeah it takes over a bunch of people yeah, 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 Colossus yeah. Uh, Cyclops <clears throat> Cyclops that's right and they all it's insane how yeah. cool that would be. I would be so on board with that. I mean, it's always fun to take all those properties and mix them together like Marvel did in the comics, but yeah. you know, it, this was all piecemeal together over the last maybe 15, 20 years, yeah. and now we're getting to a point where it's like we can re- Get it, you know, put it back together and do it right this time. I mean, yeah. they've done it with the Hulk a million times. They've done it with Fantastic Four yeah. like twice. Why the hell not the X-Men? And the uh, one thing about... Spider-Man. Uh, for sure. Uh, regards to doing crossover like that, uh, with Doctor Strange coming out, uh, they personally mentioned that there are different universes and different realities in our in our you know in our existence, so there could be a world where you have this, the world where you don't even exist, that type of thing. Oh right. yeah, like the, the Marvel universe that they're doing now could be you know universe six one six like in the comics, yeah, like yeah. the standard one where this shit you know to to justify the presence of Fox's hand in the making of the last couple of movies, yeah, you know, right, like, right, you know, and you know, where the Sony Spider Man. So still there's this this and that, that shitty uh, Punisher, yeah, ugh. yeah. This is like unsaid thing. Where like Kevin Feige, whatever his name is, isn't straight up confirming it, but he's like he's laying down the groundwork with Doctor Strange that if need be, it's all fair game. It's all fair game. If if Marvel ever gets the rights back for the X Men or for whichever person, they can like slide him in. We're gonna be like, all right, this is a the universes have crossed over, and now this is a thing. Now, right, one, right. One of the things that they said that that would be like the crossover event would could have been could be the Secret Wars, the where they yeah. have the Beyonder bringing them all together and all yeah, that shit. Yeah. 
There's but, always that option. That's o- there's always like the Infinity Gauntlet when that comes out because you know Thanos is there and God knows you know rip you open the universe split reality. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, we all want uh, Patton Oswalt's <laughs> filibuster speech. You remember? Do you ever see that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did you, did you see like where it's like he's bridging Star Wars and X Men <laughs> and the Infinity Gauntlet, and it's like uh, it was great. I, that's what that's that's, that's what he does now. Dream. That's like his that's his fucking go to now is just like the nerd rant. I've seen like so many specials where. You know he's doing life. that like you know basically bit. It's uh, yeah. his his uh, go to format, but it's so good. I love and his it. last special where he did the My Little Pony one. Was yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, perfect. <laughs> but again, yeah. it's her it's her thing. I don't really. That's watch her thing. It. I don't yeah, really. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, all right. Let's jump into our. We got anything else? Important? Nah, that's good. Let's just jump into it. Uh, also, uh, Tom Holland revealed that he has a six picture deal. Six picture contract with Marvel, so he's gonna Yowza. be in, he's gonna be in six movies. Good for him, man. He's gonna make some fucking. Yeah. he's set for life, and he's a good <laughs> Spider Man. I really love dug him in Civil yeah. War. All right, moving on. Okay, uh, we're gonna talk about our uh, Mars Hero, which I love. Uh, one of my favorite uh, authors of all time, uh, Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, Kurt Vonnegut yeah. Jr. Actually, Kurt Vonnegut Jr., yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a, a, one of my favorite authors. He's no my favorite author. I mean. Yeah, he didn't write my favorite book, unfortunately, but he, like, every, you know, slots two, three, four, five are all oh, his yeah, works. Yeah. You What's know? your favorite book? Uh, Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. All right. Well, let's start with, uh, we asked this of every everyone's hero. What's the first thing you think of when you think of Kurt Vonnegut? I think of him as a chemist, quite honestly. Was wow. a chemist? Yeah. yeah he, he studied was, biochemistry in college? He studied straight up regular chemistry. I mean, that's when he got into, uh, I think, University of Chicago on the GI Bill, uh, you know, after he served in World War II, after Dresden and all of that. So yeah. he studied. He has such a crazy life that it's I insane. think people of his era. It, it, that's the whole greatest generation where they go fight and then they have to come back and just exist like they did before. Like just. Right. Get jobs and do things and, you know, exi- have lives. Well, I mean, like that. I think that's the story of any soldier who goes off to war. Yeah. But, I mean, he just lived through such an amazing thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole Dresden yeah. bombing, which is just mind boggling. And, you which know, hasn't been repeated. Like, I think that kind of like like World War Two era warfare has never been like it's not no more. No, because no. There's it's nothing all different. Like like that where uniform versus uniform identified army versus identified army with artillery and all these things that 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 were organized on stuff since then there hasn't really been any kind of organized not since yeah, now it's now it's all guerrilla shit it's guerrilla yeah. shit and then soon it's just going to move on to hacking and who can hack like the yeah. other person's Robots grid or sa- or yeah. satellites and no it's not even that you just take over their networks and they're done you don't even have yeah. to fire a bullet but then he comes back, and he comes back from World War II after having gone through Battle of the Bulge, right? And yeah. uh, that's where he was caught, yeah. right? And yeah. Uh, being a prisoner of war, all these things, and then he, and then he just not to mention when he was a kid, he lived through Great Depression, like his, Great like, Depression as a Hoosier, I believe. But yeah. uh, I think his family moved to um, Syracuse, New York, or Utica, New York. Uh, Yo, Syracuse. I think he okay. lived in uh, upstate New York for a while. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, um, he, was, he was here for for. A lot of his life, no, in in New York, in New York State, yeah, yeah. and I think uh, and, and New York City actually towards the you know late sixties, early seventies, uh, he lived in the city. That's because a lot of his books also take place there, um, yeah. or some of the characters wind up there, yeah, so yeah. to speak. I love uh, his his approach to writing has always been like he. When I discovered him, I was like in a phase of my life where I did not like reading. Like, mm-hmm. you know, school drives reading out of you. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, you yeah. Know what I'm talking about where they force you yeah. to read shit that you don't. I don't want to read. I don't care. I don't want. And then I was working a job that had a lot of downtime and we weren't allowed to do anything but sit there so i would bring books and uh because this was pre iphone this was pre of course. You know, oh, yeah, yeah so i um someone was like you should read 
you want to know that this is the saddest revelation I've never told anybody. The reason I started reading Kurt Vonnegut was because in the movie Can't Hardly Wait, hmm. at the end, Ethan Embry's character, he's like, I got to go on this train. I got to, you know, I got to workshop with my friend Kurt Vonnegut, whatever. And I'm like, who's Kurt Vonnegut? And I read. I, that's why I started reading Vonnegut from the movie. Can't hardly fucking. Wow. Work. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's not movie, as bad. Though. I mean, you yeah. could have said, you know, you got it from uh, Back to School when Rodney Dangerfield has to write a book <laughs> report on Slaughterhouse Five. And he's like, "What's the problem?" And he gets like Kurt Vonnegut to just do it. It's like, "Hello, I'm Kurt Vonnegut. I'm I'm here to talk to, talk to you about my that's, book." Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Holy oh, shit! I forgot about that. I didn't even realize that. No, I, yeah. I fell into Vonnegut um, where I was kind of dicking around uh, a used bookstore in my old hometown in uh, Northern Virginia, and I ended up on a copy of um, Cat's Cradle, and it was the second yes. uh, second. It was a second edition printing. It was from like the I oh, want to wow. say like early seventies. Good. Those uh, like when you can feel it when it's like a, like. The books I got a, all those a lot of his books in paperback and yeah. I was like oh, all right it was a, it was like this weird funky looking paperback and you know I, they did a really weird job hyping it up on the back cover it kind of had like the the old like late sixties early seventies kind of advertising yeah. it's like a world on the you know sexy you know dangerous midgets ice nine you know <laughs> yeah, a yeah. world on the brink what does it all mean you know and. I started, like and then I, I, flipped, I flipped through it and I looked and it was, you know, a hundred some odd chapters, but each chapter is a page and a half. And I'm like, this yeah. is weird. Super fast paced. So I, I just picked it up and it, it, it gripped me and I, I, I was hooked from there. I, what, I, what's style that, of what's that one about? I even know. Uh, Cat, uh, Cat's Cradle is about this, um, this new doomsday device called Ice Nine. And it was created by this guy who was part of the Manhattan Project and like the higher ups who literally design, you know, nuclear weapons and stuff like that. They, was, they were invented the atomic bomb. And Ice Nine is this little uh, artificial blue chip of crystal, actually. But it's it's just water. But it has been frozen in a way that's different. You know, think yeah. stacking cannonballs on a courthouse lawn or something like that. You can stack them one way, like normal freezing or with... You know, he made ice nine. It's basically a different way, it was ice at room temperature, and then if it touched other water, if it touched other water, it would that, turn it into ice as well. It would so, turn it into that really hard, brittle other yeah, kind of crystalline ice, form. Yeah. So oh. it would just completely solidify all water. If it ever fell into the ocean, it's gone. And that's, that's how it. the but the the well, this is early in the book, but uh, the inventor dies by having it touch him because we're water. No, he did. Yeah, he did. He just licked a little bit on his finger, and that was actually a suicide in that book. Yeah, no yeah. One well, I don't want. I don't want to. But yeah, I mean, there's who's, who's, the book who's, is read. Well, yeah, it's, it's spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's, it's been out for a while, decades old. Uh, but it's you know. Did you know in Casablanca he doesn't stay with the girl? Did you know that? Oh, oh my god! Oh, your nana's gonna be so upset when she finds out. Oh man. But yeah, that, that but like all of his all of his writing was very kind of satirical in the sense it was. A He's war. a dark humorist. Yeah. He's very so very good. dark, and it, it was, I remember reading parts of it and laughing, going like, "Ha ha, oh fuck!" Yeah, it's like, uh, Jesus Christ. Do you feel like that influenced you, uh, especially since you do comedy and stuff? Oh, do you horribly, feel like horribly. I mean, shit. I named one of my shows. Horribly. After. <laughs> it horribly influenced me. I, no, it's like, yeah. I mean, he uh, honestly, a lot of his stuff, like um, uh, God, God bless you, Mr. Rosewater. Like yeah. the stuff about his, uh, he's one of the reasons telling Will, like he's one of the reasons where I was struggling with trying to figure out where I stand theologically, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, in terms of like being an atheist, but what does that mean and that stuff? And then I discovered right. all of his secular humanist writings and all of his humanism uh, pieces pieces and his essays and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Being yeah. a mention, just like he understanding we're it. just people. Yeah. yeah. yeah he, he crushed it. And, and and it's it defined kind of my, it defined kind of my belief structure. 
in a, in a way that I never read anything like it before. On top of the fact that he's a brilliant novelist, you know, oh, I mean? yeah. like he's he's that, just a, such a smart dude. But that's the funny thing about Kurt and why I think of him as a you know chemist more or less is not only because that's the field that I went into, but he's known for a very artistic kind of discipline. Oh fuck, that's right, you are a chemistry. Major. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. chemistry, neuroscience. I I double majored. Um, fuck. But uh, yeah. For, it, this is a smart man we're talking to here. This man, is just a guy he... who picked up a completely different art set because he's ah, just such I a... I just thought you really liked Nightmare Before Christmas. Hell no. God, no. <laughs> no, this whole, this whole look is because my mother took me to the Holocaust Museum when I was six. <laughs> okay, that's what this is about. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Tell us yeah. about it now. But in the in the essence of uh of like seeing something that affects you, like imagine coming. Uh, one of my fa- have you ever read the Kilgore the Kilgore Trout sci fi stories? Oh yeah, wrote? they're like those bizarre. Yeah, he has his own sci fictional sci fi character in all of his books, a reoccurring character like Mister Rosewater. Yeah, called um oh fuck a Kilgore Trout, and he's a sci fi writer who's down on his luck. He never he sold like maybe he's a one. shitty sci fi. He's a shitty sci fi yeah. writer, and he knows he, it too. So you know, part of me wishes it was but i don't have any proof of this but i i imagine him writing it as l ron hubbard <laughs> you remember when L, you know like l ron hubbard was a shitty science fiction writer right i imagine him incorporating that i like that's got to be connected no in some I, I think that's you know kurt vonnegut have looking on himself with a very you know bukowski kind of, of eye you know yeah, that yeah. is just like the self-deprecating it's like yeah what the fuck am i doing i'm writing bullshit sci-fi right now like i'm sure it's that <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, mentality yeah. that one self-doubt but that that's how i see it actually but, well that's you know. interesting because the first couple of novels he wrote never really took off like he never really got uh respect or sold any out until uh, he did uh slaughterhouse five yeah that, and that's, that's when he finally point. took off so that whole like kill war like the vietnam have... war was at its like peak yeah. you know and it, or, or the the at least the counterculture movement was also it was in full swing was yeah. in full swing at that yeah. time so it took society a little while to catch up with him where he was already at mentally because of, of, of the shit that he went through in World War II, that people you weren't allowed to kind of speak up and against it during the McCarthy era and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, imagine imagine like being ahead of the curve in one way. And then having to having to wait for society to catch up with you. That's I feel like that's a lot of artists. That's that, a lot of artists. Period. I mean, shit. Yeah. You know, you know, death of a salesman. You know, oh, ri- yeah. that was that was written. That's all about the death of the American dream. That that yeah, is what yeah. that pl- plays about. That was written in 1948. Yeah. All right. Way before we all think of like you know the 1950s, and that was like the heyday of America. No, apparently the there dream. have been signs of that shit decaying yeah. for a long yeah. time. And and that's one of those things. Like even now, you know, after the Trump election. And after all these things that oh ever- Trump on yeah oh uh, why didn't hear oh wow oh wow. that's a shame I thought it was because the moon was in retrograde everyone was all pissy and shit <laughs> yeah you the know moon in retrograde yeah it's a blame it all on the astrology uh. Uh, but but the truth of the matter is is that there's a there's always been dissent for what people believe to be you know generally good there's always mm-hmm. been that like you guys aren't looking at it sometimes for good sometimes for bad you know oh yeah but um. Like what do you so what you you were listing off your favorites uh favorite of Kurt Vonnegut uh, like Catch Twenty Two is number one but what where do you like which one is your go to I've read I've, I've read a couple books more than once you know it's weird I I've read uh Cat's Cradle multiple times and I've read Slaughterhouse Five multiple times I've only read the uh, my my second favorite book of all time once because it just hit me I'm like blown away yeah. by it which is uh Breakfast of Champions it is one of the most real kind of books. See, I haven't read all of the Vonnegut books. It's it's an That's incredible. One that I haven't read. It's an incredible book. I I can barely even remember like the general plot structure. Where 
It's a guy. It's all about race relations in America oh, and really? all these different side stories. I mean, Mr. Rosen, uh, Rosewater yeah. is in it. Um, all one of his reoccurring characters, but like towards the end of the novel, he writes himself into the book. No like shit. the main character is like in a motel lounge or something like that, drinking, having a drink, and watching some shitty performance. And he's talking about was it an seeing, open mic? Was it an open mic? Oh yeah. god, yeah, the open mic of the sixties. Yeah, someone. <laughs> Uh, take my wife, please. But yeah. no, he's he writes himself in, and he almost like a god character, but he's still just Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. And but the guy, you know, the main character recognizes him as his creator and stuff like that. And oh like, shit! Kurt it's is like, like writing a- how he's like, oh, and then then my face turned red in embarrassment. And it's such a real book. That's that's wow. great. What's I the mean, name of that one. Uh, uh, Breakfast Spr- of Champions. Okay. Yeah, and it opens one... up great. It's just like Breakfast of Tra- Champions is a trademarked um, slogan by the Kellogg's Corporation. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's what it opens up with. Yeah, which is, I mean, his the way he 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 and I I read a uh, stuff about him where his writing style he he I, when I was writing stuff and and uh, kind of the way I write now even is very different than his because he writes. Each sentence is a perfect. He's he's got like an idea. He doesn't move on until something is. Each sentence is perfect. Uh-huh. And I do like a stream of consciousness, and then go back and I reread and revise and reread mm-hmm. and revise. Um, but he he's very meticulous with stuff. So like he's got a plan. So when you read his writing and you know that, you know that everything is intentional, like everything you write. So he, him putting that as the opening, he's yeah. like that is it. Then this. Then it's it, that's it, that's why it pushes I, you through the book. It makes the reading so much more en- enjoyable when you know that. That's why I said you know chemist when you said when you know right at the beginning. What do you think of? Because that's a very that's a meticulous way of approaching Scientific, a yeah, different yeah. you know different discipline, which is something that I started to do independently. And when I learned that about Kurt and how his books already had a connection to, with me, I was like, God damn, I love him even yeah, more. Yeah, even more. Do you Even feel more. when you're writing your your jokes, like writing comedy, do you feel like there's a bit of that influence in there? Oh, there, there's an influence in that in almost everything I do. Really? It's, there, it's, it, everything I do is with a purpose. I rarely do anything just out of some kind of desperation yeah. or reflex. I um and I approach everything like that. You know. Do you worry about word economy when you write jokes? Is that a word economy? Like uh, any superfluous words or anything like that? No, I when I if, I if I'm worried about something like that, it's if I can say it off the top of my head quickly enough and if it flows right. But uh-huh. well, I'm thinking of stuff like how is the audience going to approach it? You know, I'm I'm writing a lot for myself, but also knowing full and well you write what you say matters and you know different audiences will pick up different things so is it going to have the same inflection every time is it going to yeah how is it going to come off every yeah, single yeah. time um and really understanding you know the neuroscience and psychology of how people are going to receive yeah. something people I, you know i've been i've been the more and more i talk to people about comedy or something like that like um you're just recently having a conversation where someone was asking me about my like 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 the scientific approach to comedy is like mm-hmm. why, oh you just get up there and tell jokes I'm like no it's there's so much psychology in how you phrase things where oh, yeah. you know there's a there's, there's a science to presenting information exactly eliciting a response one so, of a real fun fact would you the first psychologist to win a Nobel Prize uh, do you know what field it was in what's that economics psychology yeah yeah, psychologist got behavioral economics exactly he kind of pioneered the whole behavioral economics and getting people to shit Uh, god damn i don't know the name name. yeah but But the freakonomics guys that's basically all of freakonomics i don't know if you ever read that but you listen to the podcast they have a lot of behavioral economists on there who uh basically it's the study of 
how human behavior affects economics Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Shopping patterns. No, it it is a fucking science to show someone a picture either like as a pop up or on a bus or, you know, wherever and getting them to take out their wallet. Yeah, that is Mm. a difficult thing to do. You're convincing someone. You're convincing someone. You're selling someone. Yeah. You know, it's it's all manipulation with your material. I mean, so like it's funny you brought up the the. Him putting himself in his books because I read I, one of one of the books I've read multiple times is Time Quake, which I don't hear a lot of people talk about, but that was one of his later books. I didn't read that, and one. it was started off as his autobiography, mm-hmm. but then he had this element of a story that he that he abandoned, and then when he was writing his autobiography, he mixed the two together. Yeah, uh. so he there's autobiographical stuff, and then also there's a story element where, um, at some point in time. Time jumps back. There's a time quake, and it jumps back ten years. So everyone has to, they can't control anything. They can't change anything. They just have to relive the last ten years over and over and over and over. Like they they have mm. to, everything. It's a loop. Basically, it's a loop. It loops back on itself, but the, but there's no changes. Right. You're just re-experiencing these ten years to the point where like when time, when and he uses the phrase when free will kicked back in. Mm-hmm. 10 years had gone by so people had forgotten so there was a guy driving a bus who suddenly for, has to drive the bus again but forgets because he's so used to having his life lived for him for 10 years you know what I mean it's super <laughs> deep it's so deep so then that bus crashes yeah yeah and then there's a story about a guy that uh, that Kilgore Trout is featured heavily in that mm-hmm. and that and also Kurt Vonnegut is the main character but it's but then um, it's like Kilgore Trout doesn't even realize that what happens because he's just always in his own head anyway. So he's yeah. always doing it like he doesn't, it doesn't register him. But he's next to this art museum where someone's in a wheelchair. And how he gets in the wheelchair is because his wife in a pool party dives and hits him and he breaks his back. Oh, wow. In the 10 year time quake, they had to live that again without changing it. Oh, man. So oh, it talks about the impact that. So, like, when free will kicks back in, certain people are aware of it and certain people are not. And it's it's crazy. It's this crazy story, and I love it so much. But it's it's very I mean, those reflective are, you, on like when you read it, you're like, "Fuck!" If I had to go back ten years and do everything and watch all those mistakes happen again, ugh. and then have live life life lived for me, which is kind of what a lot of people are on mm-hmm. autopilot, like daily. You know, they just do the same. Right, right. And it was like a it was like a statement on that. I was like, "This is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fucking good." He, he seems to have that effect on people. It's it's a lot like marks on a on a sixteen year old. You know, it's like yeah. I understand everything now. <laughs> I get it. But like those are themes that are he was ba- you're basically describing. You know, Slaughterhouse Five. You know, because mm. that's very autobiographical in a lot of ways. The he does tra- the time Salvadorians jumping. casting a light on, yeah, on time. Know, Bill, you know, Billy Pilgrim has become unstuck from time. Yes. Oh, man. It, 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 it's, it's such an interesting thing how, because of how deliberate it all is. Mm-hmm. Imagine, like, how, I, like, I, like it's, he died in uh, 2008, I think. He died really yeah. late. Actually, fun, fun story about his death. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Before he died, actually, my mom told me she met him at a she met him at a party, which cool. is really weird because she was living up here in New York, um, you know, for work and stuff like that. She does a uh, high end retail, so she's at some party where you know it's good to like just meet people. You know, these are people these are people who like don't have a problem dropping fifty thousand dollars on a yeah. pen. You know right, what I mean? Like right. that kind did of your, shit. Did your mom fuck her vonnegut? No, no. I mean, she doesn't have a thing for daddies, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, she she said he was just like there at a party, just kind of standing there, you know, you know, when hanging you, out. Like you hear, because he was on Daily Show with uh, John Stewart one time. Right? I remember really? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out and he was talking oh, about uh, talking on the Daily Show. Let's yeah, put that on the viewing. Yeah, we'll put that. Oh, we, I want to see that one. Yeah, we have a, a ZOHQ. So like, whenever we talk about stuff, if there's something that you recommend as it comes up, we'll put it on links to it in our in our description. Sure, sure. So like, yeah, we'll definitely put a link to it. We'll probably share it on the ZOH page. Zeros yeah, and heroes. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, if you aren't already a fan on Facebook, like it. You know. uh, promotion. Oh, God. I, that reminds me. I got to just look at my phone real quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no. The, the so zeros on heroes? Zeros? <laughs> Is that what I'm doing? Uh, but yeah, no, the, like, uh, there's like so, five Z's in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the, the truth of the matter is that there, all of the books are on the list. I mean, there's no book that, there's certain that I think, there's, more, there's, there's some, personal preference, but like like Hocus Pocus is another one that I love. He actually, um, in one of his last books, which is, um, God, I forgot what it's called, but it's just kind of his last works. I think his wife kind of put it together. Him mm. and his wife put it together at the end. But it was it's like just, a collection of essays? Yeah, it was a collection of essays his, and stuff like that. But son it, put out a bunch of unpublished stuff, right? Oh, yeah. No, no. It was called Man Without a Country. That's what it was called. Oh, I, right. I remember I have that book, and in it, there's just one real small chapter. It's like looking at a journal, more mm-hmm. or less. It's really? just a lot of random, discontinued thoughts, but in one of those, he ranks his own work. I mean, this is like cool. He, he would list all of his books, and you know, there's probably what like twenty, twenty five, some odd books that were oh. published, and you know, this is what they got ranked, you know, Metacritic style. And this is like, oh yeah, self assessment based on just how I feel about the book and how it came out. And a lot of his favorite, the world's favorite books, like uh, Cat's Cradle, you know, I think that one got a C in. He, uh, the real world, and he ranked it as like an A versus like Slaughterhouse Five. The world loved it. He gave it like a C plus or something like wow. that. Yeah, yeah. Just like a lot again, but that's his personal grading scale on how what he was going for. Yeah, like everybody has, like any creative person has their the they know what was going on when they created it, mm-hmm. whatever product it is. You know, so like I'm I'm sure there's band, you know, like those. Whenever you see like those hair metal band uh, re- like revival tours, yeah. where like White Snake is going on tour with Rat or whoever, <laughs> live at the Fairfax County Fair, yeah, you know? yeah classic. But, but they'll go out and they'll sell out, man. They'll, they'll have these huge amphitheaters full of like old old people who were recapturing their youth. But they're playing songs that they wrote when they were sixteen and seventeen years old. Yeah. Sure, I imagine they mean so much different things to them now. What it yeah. means to them now is so different. Like, uh, like you know, like the guy, like you hear stories about the guy from Warrant, how he fucking hates cherry pie. Like, it, yeah, like he's got depression. That's funny because he wrote an entire album. The like I remember seeing a documentary where he was like, I wrote an entire album, and it haven't even had its own name. And then the, the week before it came out, we had a title and everything. I remember he's pointing at someone off camera in the documentary, and he's like, and then we they were like, yeah, we need something fun. And then they hear we wrote cherry pie in like a weekend. As like a dumb song, like a bad song, like a, this is a fucking dumb song, and they changed the album. That's the single, and that's uh, the one that you hear on the radio, and that's the one he's like, I fucking hate that song. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, there's a there's yeah, a song that. that Real Big Fish put out um, called just One Hit Wonderful, and it yeah. is that it, it, that encapsulates the whole concept. I mean, so many artists feel like that. Just, Real it, Big Fish, I liked a lot. I, I you know I like them. They're goofy, but like yeah. the, the the main lyrics go like One Hit Wonderful. Like a they don't. And, in rock you know it's like one hit wonderful they don't love you they just love that one song yeah, you know? yeah. Just like that's what you're just well that's like the dudes to. from extreme you know, remember that band extreme the more than words 
No. More than words. Um, Sing a little bit. Saying I love you. Oh, yeah. It was, it was literally like the, the ballad of their band. That band is fucking great. They're a hard rock. The guitarist is amazing. Mm-hmm. Gary Sharon, he's a good singer. And then that's the song that hits. In the video, the bass player and the drummer are literally sitting off to the side holding lighters up, making fun of... Because <laughs> it's literally just like the ballady singer and the, and the guitarist oh. singing a song. And that's the one that you hear on the radio. And then they go to the they go to the concerts, and they, like their album is called Porno Graffiti. Yeah, you know what I mean. I know because it's kind of like it, it just sounds like they're completely being handled by like the record dis- distributor yeah. or yeah. whatever. You know, so like there's so you got to work on your image, boys. All right, yeah. You, the bass player, you're dead to me. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> I get it. it's kind of like when Sugar Ray put out Fly, but like we all knew they were good with RPM. Real funny story. <laughs> my uh, when I was in college, my buddy you Sweet know, Home California. <laughs> my friend. Was, <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Uh, no, my uh, my friend. I remember when I was in college, my buddy told me this story where he was uh, he, like fucking Vanilla Ice was playing his college, but it Uh-oh. wasn't him as Vanilla Ice. It was Rob. Whatever. Van Winkle. Rob, Van Rob, Winkle. Rob Van Winkle's you know, Florida baby. Yeah. Booker was old. Like, rap rock bullshit. You know, like old era <laughs> okay. Limp Biscuit. And, and he was singing Ice Ice Baby. No, 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 no. He didn't want to, but like every the whole fucking school came out and he was doing yeah. his normal songs. It was like play Ice Ice Baby, do you know? Oh. Go Ninja Go. And he was like, at one point, he was like, I'm not go playing that go. shit. Go Ninja Go. <laughs> I'm not playing that shit. I don't want to do it. We're do- we're doing this song, and everyone's just like, yeah. "No, Ice Ice Baby." He's like, "All right, fine, we're doing it." So he plays Ice Ice Baby in the middle of his whole set. Everyone goes nuts and leaves yeah. because they were done. They were there just for that one. Oh my song. god! So they had to play half of their like new shit out to no one. Oh no, that's beautiful. That's why. Remember that show, Surreal World? Yeah. That yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. that, like beat celebrity, like Flava Flav was on it, and he mm-hmm. fucked Bridget Nielsen. Yeah, yeah that crazy that, shit. That got a lot of VH1 exactly. reality. That was shows. the start of all of those like the crazy like Rock of Love and all that garbage. Flavor, flavor, above. flavor above. Oh, um, man. Did you ever hear uh, Vanilla Ice when he uh, I love brought New out York. Ice Ice Baby? But he did it as like a as like that Limp Bizkit, like a rap, rap metal. Rock. Yeah, yeah. It was metal. Like, Ice Ice Baby. But it's literally the same lyrics, so it's like, yeah, it's it's just not. Why recapture it? Why why? Yeah. It's like I mean, they rebooted well, a mine franchise. Goes, ding 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 ding. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is the music but he, of the future. He went nuts. Like he he on that show, I remember specifically. He he was like going up to the pictures of because I had pictures of them in their prime. Like Corey Feldman was there, some shit oh, like that. Yeah. Gary Gary Coleman, yeah. and then they had uh, and he went up to all of those things. He started like draw like spray painting them, crossing them out and tearing them off. He's like, I fucking hate that image. Blah blah blah. Well, I mean, if you have, and I'm like, I get it. If you have only one horse that rode you into stardom and you don't want to ride that shit anymore, yeah, yeah. I mean, that fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. There's a man, but you know what? It it's weird, like. To have something to look back on, though, like oh, all yeah. I would kill for an ice ice baby right now. Oh yeah, but I don't know about a twenty years from now if I would be, you know, like let's say I. Well, like, there's a, have there, you ever heard? Do you, you ever listen to your old tapes? Like oh yeah, the old, like they're audio painful. from your sets. They're so painful. Oh. I hate. I don't even like looking at shit that I just put out a week ago. Yes. You know, it's Man, awful. It's, it's unbearable. It's horrible. But what I was gonna say was, uh, you know, the chick. Or the, the little girl, really, from like the early '90s movies. She was in Mrs. Doubtfire. I think she was in, oh, you know, yeah. Miracle on Thirty Fourth uh, Street. Matilda. She was. Uh, she was Matilda. Yeah. She, she does open mic sometimes. Yeah, she's she does a, open mic. Like, yeah, but she's a writer now. She's a podcast. She doesn't act. And you, you got to respect someone who's like, yeah, this is just something I did for a period right, of time yeah. in my life. 
Uh, it's a product that's out in the world, and I'm glad people enjoy it. But I don't need to be doing that because right. I don't want to be doing that. And I have a lot of respect for people who have like, that. I am shocked and amazed that like, the Harry Potter kids are not murderers or you know something. What I, you know, know what I love about yeah, yeah. the Harry Potter thing? Daniel Radcliffe was on The Daily Show, and uh, Trevor Noah goes, uh, am I, "Are you cool if, if we talk about Harry Potter?" And he goes, "Yeah." I love Harry Potter. He goes, I have so much appreciation for Harry Potter, and I appreciate that people love me as Harry Potter. So if people come up and they're like, hey, Harry Potter, I'm like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I remember he told this story in like some interview when he was filming, uh, probably like still like during like maybe the fifth or sixth movie, and he's at some Horns. party, and uh, he was like really nervous about meeting someone, and he got into this idea. I was like, wait a minute. I'm Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when he like absorbed that knowledge, it's like, I don't have to worry about anything. And he just like went out and yeah, yeah and he made people happy. And it's, and to, to his credit, it's hard to, I mean, like there's a certain calm, like the guy who played uh, Ron Weasley, uh, Rupert Grint, mm-hmm. he, he like has all of this money in the world. He doesn't really, you don't see him doing much anymore. Uh, I'm sure he's doing independent stuff or whatever, but they said that he bought like an ice cream truck and he just goes around the neighborhood and just gives out ice cream. Oh, yeah, imagine total, having yeah. so much like, but like you know you're not gonna top it. That's you a, know what I mean. It's a real Forrest Gump way of looking at things, where it's like maybe maybe you know money's no more an issue, just one less thing you got to worry about. So yeah. you yeah. you you cut lawns or you buy an ice cream truck and that's it. If you want to have that life, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, like I loved so going back to Kervonigat, like when he was going and he was teaching, right? Like he would go yeah. and he was teaching. He was a I think a chemistry professor, and then I think he put something out. While he was still teaching, I think it was just kind of some bullshit. And it got published, and they wanted him to teach like a creative writing course. Right. Uh, yeah. I think it was a University of Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not, I'm not sure. I remember I, I it was where he taught. He, he did a very important thing where he graphed like the drama of different stories, like the patterns of different stories. And to this day, I still go back to it. I'm like, that's fucking interesting. Yeah, that's the funny thing about science, and like I, I understand exactly where he's coming from because it's like you have to quantify something, you have to be able yeah. to graph and chart and predict. Because that's what science is, is to understand the rules and be able to predict given any kind of circumstance. What blows my mind about all that is that like uh, usually when you're you're science, uh, when you're big into science, you're also big into math, but not into English or into history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like he is all of it. I know. I challenge that that's a new thing because back in back in the day before you had specialization, you had finding like education like. Like books, like you hear stories about how, um, like I was just watching uh, Cosmos, the original one with Carl mm-hmm. Sagan. It was Carl Sagan's yeah, birthday yeah. recently. Yeah. Rest in peace, Carl Sagan. Uh, Hail Sagan. Um, <laughs> and uh, you've never heard that? Oh Hail God. Sagan. No, Hail that's, Sagan. that is brand new to me. That's, that's great. brilliant. Yeah, Hail Sagan. <laughs> um, the, uh, I'm a Saganist. I, I, the, that's funny. The, and there was, it was an episode of, of Cosmos, the original one, where it was like... Um, uh, talking about the Library of Alexandria, mm-hmm. right? How uh, one of the reasons why Alexander the Great was able to conquer so much was because he would go, any book that came through his ports, there was people, they would take it, copy it, and then give it back to them. And so he would keep copies of all these books because that's the only way to have get kept knowledge, you know? And then, yeah. so Carl Sagan had this thing about where, you, where human beings are the first animal to be able to store information outside their bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you could store it in your mind and then teach it to the next person. Like dogs do that. Yeah, you know, monkeys yeah. do that. But we were the first able to store information using language or drawings or anything. And it developed into this thing where you have books where you could literally open a book where if you think about it, it's just like a the products of a tree. Yeah. With black squiggles on it, right? But and they contain "quote unquote" information, however slow, tangible yeah. form that exists. But also, in. it it 
it transcends time because you can read what's on that page and suddenly the voice of of Kurt Vonnegut, dead Kurt Vonnegut, is pumping yeah. right into my brain. Yeah, I love literally, the, someone is someone is talking to me from beyond time. I love yeah. the thing. Uh, in Game that's of, why we are where we are in Game of Thrones when uh, Samwise Tarly is uh, uh, he's reading a book or whatever it is, and the the wildling yeah, girl yeah. That he's fucking is like, "You're a wizard," and he's like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "Well, the you're looking at a piece of paper with ink on it, and then you're able to do things based on what you see, like what you're reading. You're, you're a yeah. wizard." Yeah. Like that's it's amazing. Magic, yeah. yeah, people it's don't magic that, that you have. I like in that movie, Man on the Moon. Uh, Andy Kaufman is just like, no, I don't want canned laughter. Those th- those are dead people. Those yeah. that's the laughter of dead people. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. It's the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but but in in this particular case, you know, like we're getting, we have the privilege of having all of this stuff at our fingertips yeah. whenever the fuck we want. Oh yeah, literally the if you have a, a smartphone, the entirety of human knowledge is yeah. in your pocket. You just got Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Well, but that's the, what's great when people are like, "All oh, these kids are on their phones." It's like, yeah, it's yeah. This is the future, mother. The we history went through, of yeah. we went through something called the industrial revolution. We are currently going through something called the uh, information revolution, yep. the technological yeah. revolution. Yeah, they they. They're going to be savvy because that thing is going to be incorporated into their brain yeah. in like 20 well, years. Well, that's a whole other movement, the transcendental movement. Uh, oh, the the, uh, the the singularity. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole singularity uh, concept. Uh, was it Isaac Asimov? No. Uh, yeah, Ray Kurzweil. Right? Ray, yeah. Uh, but, but like the concept of specialization, we're talking about how like everyone picks a thing now, like science and math are one thing. Yeah. But, when, but before then- the samurai aspect. Of yeah. But you have to be good at- One thing at, you have to be great at. But there, that Just telling before, it back to me so I feel vain. Thank you. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, the samurai. Yeah. Uh, also, Mark is a, a full samurai. We, <laughs> yeah. He's a, yeah, I I studied in the Ryukyu Mountains in Lower Hokkaido <laughs> um, for um, uh, thirty eight years <laughs> under um, yeah. Master Shi. Uh, yeah. and I have not yet found the perfect flower. Yeah, <laughs> they're all perfect <sighs> sunflowers. But it is a life. <laughs> yeah, it is a life not wasted. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. The, the, I the, was looking for a beautiful death. <laughs> And so I found stand-up comedy. <laughs> stand-up comedy, <laughs> the beautiful death. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's pretty funny. That's great. I, but the I do think that <laughs> that's a great way to. How was your set last night? It was a beautiful death. A beautiful death. <laughs> <laughs> it's that bad, huh? Oh, yeah. I bombed so bad. Uh, it's like I died. It oh man, I'm sorry. Have no. you ever had a bomb? Like going back to the boots and saddles, I bombed that set. By the <laughs> way, and it was such a hard bomb. I was like, this is refreshing. I have not bombed this hard and felt that bad about it in a long time. There's a certain point in a bomb where you start enjoying it. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, this is great. This This is is one for the books. I'm just eating the energy. I don't care how negative it is right now. Yeah. I'm having an experience. Like that that (laughs) Bill Burr Philadelphia thing. Oh yeah, That's iconic bomb. This is the most beautiful this is a bomb. Night, this is a night I'm gonna wake up to in 20 years in the middle of the night, going like, ah, oh, yeah. that fucking night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I, I would classify Bill Burr's Philadelphia set as a beautiful death. Yeah, that was a beautiful. That death. was a beautiful death. I will say, but going back to the to Kurt Vonnegut bringing it back around, mm-hmm. you know, think about the the like. Again, we're gonna have a, so we, let's put something on this list. All right, so you recommend. Um, Breakfast of, Champions, Breakfast of Champions, Slaughterhouse Five, Cat's uh, Cradle, Cat's Cradle um, Galapagos is good. Uh, like um, uh, I think it was like Mother Night, uh, Player Piano. Well, those are those are all of them. If you have to pick, let's say your top three. Top three that would be Breakfast uh, of Champions. Bre- Breakfast of Champions. 
and then you know it's it's they're kind of tied. I can't, I can't pick between. It's probably going to be Slaughterhouse Five and then Cat's Cradle. Cat's yeah. Cradle is a great book. It is I, Cat's Cradle is on my list. It's a top three. You know, so the um, oh, also shout out to GeekBro.net. Our GeekBro Network is our our thing. They have Ooh. a podcast called uh, Mount Geekmore where they mm-hmm. build the Mount Rushmore of things. So let's do that. Let's, oh yeah. So your fourth That's one. So you have. Uh, Breakfast Champions, uh, Slaughterhouse Five, Cat's Cradle, and and then uh, I like his his last book quite honestly, Man Without a Country, because it's just a... him talking. Yeah, you know, it's just his his journal. It's like looking through my notebook. You know, yeah, but it's yeah. his notebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's refreshing. It's almost like an autobiography. I love hearing the autobiography of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or especially the inner workings of their mind, or like a right. memoir or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. memoirs no. are great. I love I, quote books quite honestly because I always feel like though yeah. that's how you you know someone because mm-hmm. like, they're not really being pretentious unless the quote in context is being about being pretentious the, or whatever but it's just like that's a yeah. that's a raw statement for the longest time the only thing i knew about Kurt Vonnegut were the quotes my friends would share on facebook i was like i don't know who this guy is but he sounds smart whoever does oh, yeah. his Vonnegut the, the Kurt Vonnegut prof, the account on twitter oh really man they were crushing it during the election oh yeah there were so many good ones during the election where i was just like fucking whoever's and it was just quotes it's really just like lifted from his writing and right and stuff like that but uh but man it was it was it was just fun to follow it was, it was an enjoyable <laughs> moment little periods of of joy mixed in with I, all i'm the sure tragedy. like the last one when they finally announced that trump was the winner it just was all they said was so it goes yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it goes. I was like, my favorite one. Uh, God damn, you got to be kind. Yeah, <laughs> you know. My favorite one is. Uh, I tell you, we are we are here on Earth to fart around, and don't let anybody tell you different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all He's, we're doing. Kurt Vonnegut is the patron saint of comedians i think you know oh yeah i would say that because he's like this guy he that may not be a patron saint but he definitely influenced the religion would you, you know yeah, what i mean he was, there you go. yeah yeah would you call him like nihilistic is that the word not no. nihilistic he's very humanist but it, it's based in a dark reality that we are just apes yeah we're yeah. fucking apes but Joe like if Rogan there's any off to him. if there's any hope for us it's to like aspire to better angels he gave you know? yeah yeah he gave a couple I mean, you know what i'm gonna put that on the page too he gave a couple of good, really great speeches for the secular humanist society american humanist mm-hmm. association oh, really? and uh like they all start with uh i hope every uh, at my funeral uh the first line of the eulogy is well he's up in heaven smiling down on us now you know because he's not you <laughs> yeah, know like, yeah that was, yeah like, yeah the irony of it so, so he like said when, that uh, about a, you know one of his one of his you know uh, compatriots like, there in the, in, the, in the organization about how he's up in heaven smiling down smiling on us you know and um, just real dark shit all around yeah I it was just it. there's never not a moment where it's you're not farting around you know yeah, yeah. I love when uh, when George Carlin died people were like oh god gained another comedian it was like no, George Carlin would have hated that yeah yeah you would have hated that fucking gig he would have he would have been roasting God the entire <laughs> yeah, time for yeah. all of eternity well that's when that thing went around of uh, we don't pray enough or something like that that we like what? that was attributed to George Carlin and even on George Carlin's website he's like yeah that's bullshit but yeah, right before yeah. he died he was like yeah this is not attributed to me in any way it was actually written by like some pastor or whatever yeah I'm and sure people, you know people tag it they they make it a quote by whoever yeah you know that's like old people internet shit <laughs> yeah. email forwards from like your grandmother yeah there was like a meme that says like use the force luke signed by gandalf yeah and it has like some other like old wizard person as the background or like the it's like no, you can't tr- uh the thing about quotes on the internet is you can't trust you can't trust the source and it says quoted abraham lincoln yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah okay that's one of those things like uh like christians love to put on put the thing where they're like you know charles darwin actually became a christian on his deathbed it's like no, he didn't. No, 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 no. he never did that. Yeah, he the, never regretted. There's the, all these like false quotes, like you know, founding fathers, and yeah. you know, um, yeah, they're, they're they're usually the big one. 
to try to justify It's like, something. fuck Muslims, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you, so we gotta, we'll wrap this up now. But uh, yeah, so I would put on my mountain um, definitely um, Time Quake mm-hmm. is... It's an autobiogra- autobiography, but plus it's a it's a it's, it's a like fictional a, autobiography. I, I'm it's, trying to equate it to. I saw what's it's the ultra reality. Yes, oh, yeah. that's a yeah. great phrase. Ultra reality, ultra I like it a lot. Reality. Time Quake is definitely on there. Um, uh, slapstick, yeah, I, is great. Uh, yeah, I have a good. That's a good one. Slapstick is great. It's about well, like slapstick. how everyone gets everyone. In, 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 in the future, um, like people are dumbed down and shit like that. I think uh, no one reads books. Uh, it's also the gravity gets changed and throws everything yeah, yeah. off, and there's like a weird like the chi- the Chinese are are it, they've evolved themselves to be tiny. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You it's, mean uh, before the you yeah know, the book? You mean efficient? Yeah. No, it's it's crazy. But then also like everyone is given, <laughs> everyone is given a, a last name and a number, so that you know you are no longer alone. You have family. Everyone is associated, is a part of a family and you're given, you know, and it's, and, you know, like, uh, Daffodil 12. And then so all the Daffodils and then the 12s are two separate groups. And then right. all the 12s are this and that. So you're never alone. And it's, it's because the, it's these two twins, the brother and the mm-hmm. sister. They're, they're actually like deformed. They have, they look, comp- they look very different than human beings and they have like a psychic connection and all that stuff. It's crazy. Uh, but, and it's, it, man, it's, it's, it's great. Slapstick. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually have an original uh, edition of that one. Get the fuck out! Yeah, it's a hardcover. Yeah, nice. That's great. Slapstick's great. Hocus Pocus is fantastic. It's about private the privatization of prisons oh, and education. Shit. Yeah, it's it's really. I mean, that's like Bette Midler's in it, and uh, <laughs> they like the black candle. Sisters. On Halloween. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Hot. That was a good sisters, by the way. I oh, will thanks, say that. Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a great movie. I love that movie. That's a great movie. Classic. That's a good Halloween. You movie. know, that's the one Zachary thing about Bonnie. You do need. You do. You do need like a break in the levity for a second. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what, what do I get there? So, Timequake, uh, Hocus Pocus, Slapstick, and uh, Cat's Cradle. I think because that was like one of the first I read too. And that one, the whole. The whole religion at the end with the bo- Bobono, yeah, uh, Bocono, the Boconoism, yeah, 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 yeah Boconoism. That's great, and they finally meet Mister uh, Bocono at the. He, you finally meet this guy who's like a terrorist on the island because he's writing this subversive religion that people are like practicing and hiding. Uh-huh. After well, you know, at the very end, you finally meet this guy on like literally the last page. It's like, so what are you working on? And this is after the world is done. Yeah, and he just kind of like shrugs and hands the main character a piece of paper, paper, and it's like all about you know the main character in this religion and. It just ends with him like thumbing his nose at God. Yeah, it's just like real. It's just like, a big fuck you, man. It's a middle finger to what everybody cares about. It's, yeah, yeah, it's 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 one of those things. And the way they describe the environmental problem when the ice mm-hmm. nine hits and all, it's, oh, it's, it's such a great. Oh movie. yeah, like as soon as the the oceans froze over, like tornadoes just sprung up out of everywhere because all the water, every every bit of the ocean freezes static, and so all of the wind and the currents formed by the by the air and by the water, it changes everything. Like the way it's it's crazy good. It's insane. It's so yeah. good. Uh, but yeah, this has been a great episode. I really love this one. Thank, well, thank you, you, Mark yeah. Reese. Uh, Glad you guys we, are back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back uh, to us. That's great. Yeah. Um, and uh, I should have set it up on up top, but we'll talk about the Geek Bro thing in a second. So, uh, did we think of uh, drag names for us? Oh shit! Oh no, um, Kurt Vonnegut dra- style drag. I don't know, Mike. You. Oh, like- I'm gonna be Caddy Cradle. Oh, oh, great. Um, 
I'll be Slaughterhouse 69. Ah, oh, that's great. <laughs> I was thinking of like Ice Fine. Yo, that's good. Ice oh. Fine. Oh, these are all these are all solid names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, we pulled it through. I'm proud of us, guys. Queen without a country. Uh, oh, yo, that's yo, dope. Ice Fine, the Queen without a country. God damn it, that's, these are great. Let's how about uh, how about Kurt- Hocus Poke Me? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Kurt Vonnegut. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's that's a that's bold to throw the cunt in there. Oh, no, I love a good that's cunt. Real standard, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's not really. Oh man, standard cunt. Oh brother. Uh, <laughs> it's all right, well, actually, the phrase is called basic bitch. Oh, uh, <laughs> stand- standard cunt is basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, See, the whole podcast should have just been this. Oh man. Oh, man. <laughs> all right, starting over. Oh, the great. next time someone says they're a basic bitch, I'm be like, oh, standard cunt. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a, a company that was around in like the 1910s? <laughs> like standard cunt, right? Your service. Uh, yeah. It's like standard uh, cunt. How can a dirty call? <laughs> Uh, yes, can you patch me through to the doctor? Go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, d- like 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 Dupont's major corporation yeah. and a corporate enemy was the Standard Cunt. <laughs> oh, was it a Standard Oil? Standard Chevron. Oil. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh man. Oh well, Mark. Thank you very much. What, uh, you oh. wanted to, the slaughterhouse live at the Creek in the Cave? Yes, is... uh, every Wednesday at uh, ten o'clock, uh, fourth Wednesday of every month. Next one is going to be on the twenty third of November. And awesome. uh, where can we follow you? What uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you you can, Snapchat? No, just uh, Facebook at Mark Reese R E I S S, and uh, you can add link. my um, Twitter account at Mark Reese Comedy. And again, it's R E I S S. I know it's weird and spelled goofily. No, that's fine. We'll uh, include it in a link. A cool. link in the description uh, to whatever you're listening to this on. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to uh, we're on we're on the Geek Bro Network, um, geekbro.net, where you can hear. Uh, a bunch of other podcasts that Mommies are. Mommies and Merlot is the new one. They got a. Mommies and Merlot. Uh, you know, it doesn't fit, seem like it fits with us, but they got a lot of. Co- they, they have uh, What's Up, Bro, which is uh, a podcast I help co create with my buddy Nary Signs. And now it's got a life of its own. Uh, uh, and it's a, a lot of fun. Nary Signs is a very funny comedian, travels all over the country, and it's his show. And he's got a podcast called Mount Geekmore where they do rankings of. Um, like theme you know, themed episodes, childhood cartoons. Yeah, like they had their favorite Schwarzenegger movies, their yeah, favorite yeah. soundtracks for movies, mm-hmm. and they had like they do. And there's a group of guys. They're all very funny, all very in, yeah. you know, very nerd centric, and it's, so it's it's it suits your you know. You know I was thinking about best soundtrack, but like obviously. Well, I mean, rock- if you're listening to this channel, I mean, it's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. great. But they also have uh, Click the link on the side. That's like it. cosplay <laughs> fame, where this guy interviews cosplayers. They oh, have. I heard that one. Yeah. Um, and the new one, Nary's wife, Vanessa, and uh, friends of hers, they have Mamas and Merlot, which got a lot of traction. Did it really? Because they put it in the parenting section of iTunes. Oh. It's not a con- they, It's just a bunch of moms talking about shit while getting drunk. It's great. Uh, yeah. It's really enjoyable to listen to. More than you, like, uh. I was like, oh, let me support my friend. Let me take a listen here. And I was, I was upset at how I was laughing at, like, diaper shit and uh. girls getting drunk. I was like, this is, this is I mean, those are just a bunch of moms talking shop. I yeah. Mean, that's all they talk. When you have a kid, you talk about having kids. When you have a cat, you talk about having a cat. Yeah, those standard right. cunts love wine. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. All those fucking Beckys and their Molos. Yeah. <laughs> but they, it's, it, it's a fun show, and we're, uh, we're also a part of it. So, congratulations to them and thank you uh, to all of the listeners we have to share with them and uh, I'm at Mike Mercadol on everything at 
At William A. Watkins and everything. And uh, stay tuned for announcements for a Zeros and Heroes live show. <laughs> live show live. Uh, that we're going to be doing. Uh, stay tuned. More details to come. I can't. Really, I don't know if I can say too much, but more details to come. And uh, anything else you want to add? Nah, I'm cool. Thank you, Mark. Anything you want to drop in at the end here? Hail Sagan. Hail yes! Sagan. And as always, remember to go out and be heroic. <laughs> Thank you.